Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. This is episode 7-10. I am Rob Nichols. I'm Pernell. And every week we get together and we listen to some awesome video game jams. Pernell, how was your week? It's been a mixed bag and the weather has been a major factor in that because one <laughs> day it'll be in the 70s and the next day it'll be in the 40s. I can't quite place where I'm supposed to be, how I'm supposed to feel. Should I wear a coat? Should I wear a jacket? Should I wear nothing? The weather won't let me decide. It's just a little weird. Yeah, we had a lot of crazy rain, too, and all sorts of things. Yes, we had, but we <laughs> did get a nice game released this week that I'm trying to make myself play more of because, man, do I want to play it. Is it my Persona 5? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's addictive, and it starts off... It starts off on a, with a pulse with your pulse racing from the start. No build up there. It's well, just persona music is like some of the best, some of the best music. Yeah, it is. Like I wanted, I actually was thinking about proposing a topic for persona or at least something akin to it. Because now that that game's out and I want to talk about it, it's like music from it. <laughs> Put it on. But um, yeah, it's it's been it's a good release, and I was look I've been looking for it for a long time. Like funny fact, the last mainline net Megaten game, just Persona, the last. Persona release from the main lines was 2008. So Persona 4. Yes. It was 2008. Yes. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but wow. It's like life was, it felt like life was completely different when Persona 4 <laughs> came out <laughs> in this game because it's like, where am I in life now? Well, the only Persona game I played through was 3. 3 was a good game. Was it, it was called 3. Probably did P- Fez. Pez? Fez. Oh, Fez. Yeah, F E S. Like stood for festival. Oh, okay, yeah, that's the, last, that's the only one I played. And I have like what, like extra little things, like costumes and stuff. But it was like weirdly addictive. Just like the gameplay was almost very like meditative, where you just you go into these fights and you just knew that you had to counter, you know, certain magic types against other magic types. And it wasn't like it was hard, but it wasn't like earth shatteringly like stressful, you know. That's why I use hard difficulty because I, <laughs> I need that. Like to an extent, though. Like there's a. You can download a difficulty for five called Merciless, but it it keeps the same damage qualifier that hard gives you, mm-hmm. but it just adds more grindy components by saying you get less experience and less money. Like that's not fun. You want oh, to be able to man. make new personas. You want to be able to. So it's just like adding more grind like, yeah. time to the game. That's kind of that's. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, it's not good. Like I'd rather. <laughs> yeah. I want enemies to hit hard. I want to even do less damage. I'm fine with it. I like the idea of like doing less damage, but if you hit a crit, you do tons more. That's cool. But uh, it's just that whole less money, less experience thing. I always hated that. Because you want to grow to get more skills and more abilities and more personas. This goes across any RPG, oh, by yeah, the way. any RPG, definitely. But, but especially, especially Persona, because you're collecting those, those kind of monsters or personas to like fight. Yeah, so it's like to have the game flat out tell you, by virtue of this difficulty, you will ultimately end up with less cool stuff. It's like, I don't want that. No. It's not enjoyable. It's out of here. <laughs> so I'm playing hard mode. I'm enjoying it. And you were recently, again, on the, was it the SML podcast? Yes. Uh, I was on SML podcast. Uh, this time I did a review. Well, last week I did six reviews, actually. Hmm. I did the Neo but, Geo yeah, Arcade Classics. They can't put you to work like that. Oh, yeah, I, you're, 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 you are Rhythm and Pixels, man. This is true, but I get free stuff. <laughs> so it's almost like I'm getting paid. Long as it's a game I want to have, I'll... We got to look at your contract again. Let's <laughs> not look at the contract. But, um, <laughs> but it's a big, it's a big cool. Like I did a, a bunch of the Neo Geo Arcade Classics titles. That's awesome. Yeah. And I did a game called Blossom Tales, which is a really cool Zelda esque game. Every time you say Blossom Tales, I'm imagining Blossom and don't six. care about the future. That's <laughs> anybody's guess. Like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, it's. Uh, Honestly, it'd have been awesome if it started my Mbialik, but unfortunately, she's stuck with Big Bang Theory. Oh, what was man. her for making all that money? But I just can't do it. Well, she's also like a scientist. Yeah, she's actually really awesome. Yeah, really, really cool. cool. But um, but the game Blossom Blossom Tales. Tales. Yeah, it's like a little girl who becomes a knight. The, the grandfather's telling her his grandkids a story, and since they've already heard the story of Link from Hyrule, he has to tell them the story about this little girl who becomes a knight and then saves her kingdom. Oh, that's cool. And they carry it's really awesome. And they have moments where like the story changes based on 
suggested the kids give to the grandfather to change the story. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like how it could change like that. It's just, it's an adorable game with great music. And honestly, I want to put this guy's music on the show somewhere too. So don't be surprised if I come up with a topic where I can throw his music in the game oh, on the show. Definitely. That's not, that was another topic like, idea that I had to came to mind. Story. Zelda like. Oh, Zelda likes. Yeah. Like specifically Zelda likes. Not Zelda, just games like Zelda. Like adventure adventure titles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Let's talk about today's topic. Yeah, which is kind of funny because as excited we all are about this, the topic, on the other hand, thanks yeah. to our intrepid you know, suggester, yeah, it's so, going to bring us way down. <laughs> this is, um, I want to thank our listener, John, or I guess on Twitter. So on Twitter, he contacted us. His name is John Coffee Donut. I don't know. Sounds tasty. You put emojis in your name, that's what you're going to get. Uh, <laughs> JPB Little Green. And um, he would like us to play sad robot music. I have to say, this was the hardest topic we've ever done. He said, um, just because I like the sound of the words together, sad robots. Um, and I think he was thinking of like at the end of Mega Man 2, where he's just kind of walking away. Yeah, that did have kind of a sad feel yeah, to it. It really did. Like he's like walking through like the destruction of all of like the cities and places that he was in. Through all sorts of weather. <laughs> but then he gets home. He does find home. He and does. then he leaves his fighting hellbot on the hill, helmet on the hill, because he's done with that. And then it happens. For one in, year. <laughs> <laughs> for one year. 20x1 or whatever. 20xx plus one. Plus one. Um, but yeah, thank you, John. Uh, we, we have actually had your, your topic in mind for a while, and we just wanted to get into it. So this is Sad Robots, the collection. <laughs> <laughs> You will weep with sadness, sorrow, and maybe a little trepidation. And we are we are taking some license with some of these picks, so we're gonna have to just tell you why we think they're so sad. Oh yeah. So, so I am starting with uh, a classic Genesis tune, a <clears throat> classic Genesis game. This is called Pulse Man, and I think it was only released in the states. You said it was only released on the Sega Channel. Sega Channel. And uh, this is uh, composed by Junichi Masuda who you will know from the Pokemon games. Because this is, I think, the only Game Freak uh, developed game on the Genesis. One of their first games, too. Not the first, but it's definitely one of them. And you can really hear the influence in the soundtrack. And the soundtrack's pretty long, too. So I'm playing the track Voltage Algorithm. Algorithm? Prob you know it's like a typo or some kind <laughs> of English translation thing. But this is Voltage Algorithm from the game Pulse Man for the Sega Genesis by Junichi Masuda. Spark up!
You are listening to Voltage Algorithm from the game Pulse Man for the Sega Genesis, composed by Junichi Masuda from Game Freak and from most known for his work on the Pokemon game soundtracks, like all the game soundtracks. Now, I'm curious though. I gotta, I gotta tap you on this one because I have played Pulse Man. Just loosely, again, it was a Sega Channel thing. I didn't really get to invest too much time into it. Yeah, and I played it on emulator, like, like way in the past. But to my knowledge, Pulseman seemed kind of like a happy-go-lucky type of game. I mean, you're fighting dudes, but just like <laughs> running, collecting, stag, pow, pow, and you're going to the internet. Where does the sad come? All right, so the story of the game is that there is a like a scientist who creates artificial intelligence, and in the machine, he falls in love with the artificial intelligence. Oh. And so he puts himself, he, he digitizes himself into the computer and he mixes his DNA with the artificial intelligence code and they create their baby Pulseman. That is so odd. And then from being in the computer for so long, he goes crazy and I think that's where like he tries to just destroy the world or something and Pulseman has to stop his father Oh, that is sad. So I think that's a sad story, right? I think that's sad. Like I feel like the re- deeper I got into the, into into searching for tracks, like robots have a hard time in video games. They really they do. They do, man. They really do. It's like, and honestly, I think the average player, not in a, not in a slight, because I mean, technically, we both come as that in most of these respects, but the average player doesn't even delve far enough into the games to realize that these are some sad sagas they're playing out. It's just, ah, I want to blast these things and click the power-ups to succeed, but the actual hero is suffering throughout the entire he game. He is. Like, I didn't choose any Mega Man tracks, but I mean, I feel like Mega Man is the, the obvious choice, right? Because he was created specifically as uh, Dr. Light's son. Yeah. And then sent to kill all the other robots. And initially... His brothers. Yeah, and initially, at least they were his brothers because they were made almost amongst the same... He, they were milt, They were made after Mega Man's model, I believe. Right, yeah. So it's like, hey, well, it's not your fault. In fact, Dr. Wily just didn't even think you were good enough to take, so he just left you behind. <laughs> like, even even all, like, the robot masters are really sad. And then um, think about Proto-Man. Like, Proto-Man is just, he was the first, and then left behind. Like, he took parts, he took parts out of him to build Mega Man. This makes him sadder. And then Dr. Wily pits him against his own brother, you know, programs him to kill his own brother. I think, I, I think it's hard to tell, because I came, the way the game and the TV show does it. I don't remember. Honestly, I never watched the TV show. The just TV kinda... show was awful. You saved yourself for <laughs> some, some time. But um, the game... Even with the games, like depending on what you read, I'm not even sure what the true scenario is. Like some say the game was Dr. Wily had sent Breakman after him or Proto Man after him, right. and others say that it was him with his own will oh. who was just fighting with Mega Man almost like a way to train him oh, like, to I be ready like to, to I don't take buy him. that. Who, yeah. who does that? Yeah, I, hey, I don't know. All right, I just shot the robots. I was an average player. <laughs> I, just, I just blew the robots up and but, got the hard knuckles. Um, about this track, I really like the whole soundtrack. Is like it's got this really fast kind of techno sounding soundtrack with a lot of like really quick melodies that are very much like you think about the um, like the battle themes and stuff in the Poke- the, the original uh, Game Boy Pokemon series. It sounds a lot like that, but this is very like slow, heavy beats. And like that kind of constant little synth in the background right here. Do, 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 do. Yeah, you said you felt this kind of resembled Lavender Town. Yeah, I started thinking about Lavender Town, how it has that kind of that weird off key kind of minor melody that really puts you off, like not at ease, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, so really like this track. I have to say I agree with you on that too. It's a good tune. All right, so Purnell, who is the saddest robot of the bunch? You mean like period? No, I mean what's your next track? I'm about to say like that <laughs> takes time to think about. So my my sad robot's pulse man. All right, well the first track I got this might be my official. I'm taking liberties with this track, but I just <laughs> wanted this it. tune on Go the show. It. So um, well, let this let this like you know like listeners like we're gonna do your your topics. We're gonna have fun with it, but we're gonna do your topics. Yeah, so please give us more. Give us more. Um, but my first track is gonna come from a game that I haven't played in the ages, by the way, called Robo Warrior. The track is the second overworld theme and is composed by Takeaki Kunimoto.
You just listened to the Overworld Theme 2 track from the game Robo Warrior, a.k.a. Bomba King in Japan, <laughs> composed and written by Takeaki Kunimoto. This track, I admit, is more, I think, more melancholy anxiety than downright sadness. Yeah, I think the, the track has like a, a nervous feel to it. It's got a lot of dissonant kind of sections at the end. Oh, yes. And for me, the sadness element comes in just combined with the track, mind you, it's the concept of the game. Like we were talking earlier about Mega Man fighting his brothers and other robots. I feel like Robo Warrior, by the base description that the game gets, is really just a matter of just sad robot on robot slash cyborg combat. Like this robot slash cyborg is up on this planet. Mm trashing the planet and destroying <laughs> other fellow robots slash cyborgs to kill their leader. We don't even know if they even had a had a real grudge against each other. They could have been killing them for minerals or some crap. Like, they just send this guy to do it. Like, you're a robot like them. Just go kill him. So he's just like, he's just sent there just, just to do this kind of this dirty work. Yeah, yeah, like, I almost perceive him taking orders from Earth <laughs> And it's just guys in front of a computer eating Cheetos. Just go, hey, hey, uh, did, so did you get how many power? Do you have any bomb power ups yet? Did you find the key? No, I'm still working my way there. Well, hurry up, damn it. We need to get you back home. We got work for you to do here. It's like, it's like enslaving him. Oh, my God. Robot's saying, why are you doing this to us? I don't know. He just drops bombs and blows stuff up. So, yeah, I'd say that's pretty sad. This is a very sad concept to me. What, like. what type of game is this? Because the, the, the title screen reminds me of Dragon Warrior, but instead of dragons, it's robots. I believe... I believe Bomberman, the original Bomberman, came up before this because Bomberman was a really old game. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah. I feel like this was intended to be a sort of evolution of Bomberman style gameplay mm. because it's similar to him running around a map. There's grass structures. Okay. Well, or underground will be brick structures, but he drops bombs to blow them up to intentionally attempt to find power ups. And ultimately, uh, in some areas, you have to find the exit to the environment, some areas, you have to find the key to get out of an environment. Oh, okay. But he also finds powers like a raft to get across water. Mm. He can find like light to light underground environments. Otherwise, oh, it's fun. pitch black. So it's similar to like an adventure kind of puzzly type type game. Yeah, exactly. It's an action puzzler. I have to try that. That sounds really fun. It's cool, but also frustrating because <laughs> he has a life bar that constantly drains. Like so, most games from on the Nintendo in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to pretty much blitz it. You can't just like dawdle or you'll just die from sitting around because <laughs> you didn't bring any Cheetos with you, I guess. Oh, man. Um, Enough Cheetos. But it's a it's a good game. I liked it. It's just it kicked the tar on me as a kid. Yeah. It's one I meant to revisit to see if I could do better as an adult. Well, this is a nice pick. I like I like really good Nintendo music. Thank and you. And this is definitely an example of that. I think this is the last NES track for this episode, so eat it up! <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I took this as kind of my... Uh, I, I took the advantage of this episode to, to, to dig into some more Genesis tunes. So how do you feel about that? We'll find out. <laughs> I stand on bated breath. Well, this this um this next game is a soundtrack which I've never actually seen before, and I, I can't believe I never explored it. This is called Cyborg Justice. That just sounds vicious. It's very vicious. Um, and we'll talk about the game after the break. This is for the Sega Genesis, and this is composed by Andras Magyari and Brian Coburn. And this track is called Quasimodo. So okay, all, yeah, all, 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 this, all the stage themes, the stage themes in this game are awesome. They're really cool. Um, again, this is called Quasimodo from the game Cyborg Justice. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Don't, 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 don't. 
You're listening to Quasimodo from the game Cyborg Justice for the Sega Genesis, composed by Andras Maggiari and Brian Coburn. And I really like the soundtrack. It, it was had like kind of a heavy, a lot of the tracks had that kind of a heavy like techno, like like kind of 90s industrial techno influence. And this one definitely has that 90s kind of techno thing going on. I like the sound of this, honestly. It's very funky. Yeah, funky bass. It's very it's very minimal, too, but it's got really, sh- I like the shuffly kind of um, percussion to it. It's really neat sounding. Like well, very, like very Kind of like on the Streets of Rage kind of style. Well, now, but now we got, you know where we got to go with this. All right, so. Where's the sad? So the, the, the gameplay is very much like kind of side-scrolling um, beat-em-up where you your cyborg character can you can like add different parts to him you can have like a buzzsaw hand or you can have like a like you can just you can change all the parts of him. he's got all these different variations to him so far it sounds awesome the game's pretty cool so it's in the opening cinematic like this a spaceship crash lands onto like a mining colony planet and then the ship's occupant dies and the space traveler's brain is saved and is transplanted into the cyborg body and his memory is erased so that he could be put to work in the mines. Wow. And then the memory wipe and the cyborg fails and the player as the cyborg is the un- is has to go and, you know, fight. So now he remembers who he is and what yeah, they've his way out. But knowing that his body is dead and that he'll be a cyborg forever on fighting the- on this mining colony planet. But on the positive though, he's out to administer Justice, but he's yeah. This is his justice, right? Like when I first saw the title, I was like, he's like a cop, like cyborg cop. Like no, no, not really. It's like the where once he as he gets it, he's like, what do I do now? I'll just blow the planet up. There's nothing <laughs> left to live for at this point. Yeah, it's just it's kind of a sad robot story. I would think so, but he does get buzzsaw hands. He does get buzzsaw hands, and he does get some funky, funky music to kill other robots with, mm-hmm. or other cyborgs. Cyborgs, robots. Uh, have you ever thought, like, what limbs you would be able to do without and have replacements, like, like a robot replacement? Fingers, because they 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 barely fing well as it is. So you would just they keep the hand, but like a cyborg finger. Well, maybe I'd go with lose the hand too, because once you lose the fingers, then the point of the hand is now it's just a flawed, it's a flawed <laughs> appendage. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I could probably replace hands as long as the hands can still function as normal hands. Like, if you could swap them out with different compa- different compartments, like, right. I, I want to put on the vacuum hand or the exploding hand, which so, yeah, would be really like, you like the, like, the utility of, like, changing all that out. You wouldn't, like, want to, like, do, like, a whole body switch? Mm, maybe not a body switch because... Well, it depends. Let's see how much. Wait till I see how much older I get. <laughs> then a body swap might not be such a bad idea. How, how unhappy can I be with my body before I'm willing to put myself into a cyborg? I'd say about forty-two. About forty-two. Forty-two. The it's answer, time to go. answer is forty-two. <laughs> time to jump. That's not too long for us, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, so um, maybe we're still to be still doing the podcast, and we'll be robots. Yeah, just I'll have. Except I'll actually be that much closer to being pixels. I don't know, but uh, it, I don't know. Like the idea of being able to replace almost any part of my body with another mechanical appendage yeah. would be pretty awesome as I long mean, as it was efficient. Right. And I think we both know like the obvious choice replacement. Oh yes, my brain. I, yeah, I was gonna say eyeballs, but well, my eyeballs too. But the brain would be cool if you had the means to hot swap in memories. Right. Like take memories out, put them in. But the downside would be is that it's something that probably could be manipulated by others too. Mm. Go heaven forbid you go to sleep and you wake up as I don't know something really awful that you didn't <laughs> intend to be. Um, but yeah, eyeballs that would be awesome. Yeah, as gamers, eyeballs and hands. Now that I think about it, because you have to worry about carpal tunnel, you have to worry about flawed vision or this deteriorating is, vision. These are good things to know. This, this is what this is what this is what improves our friendship. That's right. That's what brings us closer. That's right. The idea that I want to replace my eyeballs and hands so I can play games for longer. Right. So if you lose control of your body and you're like in a coma, Mm -hmm. I could just do this and you'd be okay with it. I would be. All right. I'd be able to just sit up and play video games and just (laughs) drop out. This podcast is a binding agreement. All right. Works for me. All right. Cool. As long as I get those freaking robo hands. Because if I don't, I'll remember when I'm dead. (laughs) And I'll come back. (laughs) Oh my I will haunt you. 
right, what you got? <laughs> what you Aside from haunt, desires to haunt. This this got dark. <laughs> well, it is sad robots. This is yeah. All right, my first track was sort of a gimme, but now I'm going all in. It's going to be either sad or melancholy. Nothing else. All right. So let's see what we can do with this. Let's do it. My next track is from the game. It's actually one of a rare a rare choice for me. Usually I go it's usually Japanese games and stuff of that nature. But this I, one most is most of the time. Deus Ex Human Revolution. Oh, yes. yes. I've heard a lot. About, I mean, I haven't played this one, but I've heard a lot about it. So It is a great game, actually. Um, one that I have dab- dabbled into a bit by bit, but at the same time, I can stand to do a little bit more. But the track in question is called Detroit City Ambient Part 1. So let's fire that bad boy up and see what you think of it. All right. Because I'm curious. Welcome back. You are listening to Deus Ex Human Revolution track title Detroit City Ambient Part 1, written and composed by Michael McCann. This track, to me at least, is definitely melancholy. Like, there's no love going on here. <laughs> there's no fun going on here, unless you like the game, of course. That's different. Um, but my, I played a bit of Deus Ex enough to know a little bit about the main character and i know that he does, he's basically a cyborg like a basic like a i want to say officer slash cyborg <laughs> he's half officer well, he's got like he's got like robotic like enhancement type stuff right yeah he's like he's considered augmented but he is remorseful about it like he never wanted that and he was essentially kind of born into that because he was mm-hmm. raised by scientists as a lab rat sort of to become like this type of special kind of human but he is the only test subject to survive the process and then he ends up like going into hiding as you know the organization wants him and a whole mess of story crap takes place so I'm not going to go into all the details. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. Yeah pretty much and then in the end now he is pretty much an augmented human fighting in a world against other augmented humans and also just normal, you know, normal criminals too hmm. But said world also has a sort of a situation that kind of mimics like race like bad race relations, where it's like normal full bone humans versus augmented humans, and he's trapped in the middle of that again due to something that was out of his control and he didn't want. Huh. So it's like he has to live within an existence that he didn't ask for and he didn't want, but also kind of come to grips with the fact that that is his existence and he can't change that. Mm. It's a to that, me, oh, that's heavy. a sad thing. That's, it's a big, big thing. Oh, wait, right here. This is my favorite part of this track. It's this last little thing. Ooh, I love that sound. 
Oh my god, I love that sound so much. <laughs> it's, it's a surprising track, and for me, it's, it's especially surprising because it's it's I won't quite say it's hundred percent ambient because I feel like it has more of a presence than most ambient tunes I tend to listen Actually, to. You're right because like you think of like um, especially like in strategy games or in games that are kind of gritty that just have a lot of like kind of background music going on. Yeah, you might hear this, a bird chirp. Yeah, well this. Well, it's just like these long pads and more of like a drone or just like background noise. Mm-hmm. This has a lot more interest going on. Um, it's just really, really cool. Yeah, and I can't. it's definitely something that stuck out to me. Like when the idea of checking this game came up, I went through. I was like, well, I know where I'm going to go look for a track. And of course, it immediately stuck to me. I was like, I remember this now. I got to go with this tune. Super and- cool tune. That was a great pick. Now, I have to ask, though. I mean, obviously, we're, we're kind of taking license with what we want to do here past two tracks are not robots but they're cyborgs let's be honest here though i feel like the most i feel like the most sadness tends to come from cyborgs or robots that become sentient which ultimately kind of leads them being closer to becoming cyborgs not by definition but by virtue of their traits their personality or the fact that they they develop personalities because a robot short of programming can't have a personality but yeah, in science fiction, maybe the, the artificial intelligence can be something greater. But with a cyborg, you have like a human mind with robotics. Exactly, which creates the sadness. It has to process what it is. It has to understand what it is and be right. it. And that's what I love about the Ghost in the Shell you know, series of like that question of what is humanity and how far can you go and keep your humanity. It's a, it's a beautiful concept, honestly. Like, who knows, maybe... One of our tracks will focus on a complete robot for all we know. <laughs> just a com- just one complete robot. Make That's sure all the parts do. are there, all the nuts and bolts are intact. And everything. <laughs> <laughs> How human are you? What? <laughs> but, uh, Take this quiz. <laughs> just 10 questions. <laughs> How much of a robot are you? All right. What so, is your favorite TV star character? <laughs> anyway, for an, for an ambient track, like I think this is awesome for the show because it's just got it's got a lot of musical elements to it. I love these. The, the sound, like this kind of keyboard sounds that are going on, it's got a kind of a, a gritty yet smooth, round like flavor to it. Actually, one thing worth mentioning just before we switch off is that I didn't stop playing this game due to lack of interest. I did end up moving on, but this was a bad case of achievement hunting way too early. <laughs> uh, oh, you are... It's a bad habit. You so do that, yeah. This, In particular, with this game, there were two specific achievements that factored in. Beating the game on hardest difficulty. And in addition, not killing anybody with a gun. <laughs> so hardest difficulty with no firearms. I was able to do it for uh for condemned, no problem. Right. For this game though, it involved a lot of stealth. In fact, I might be missing a beat on it. It might not even have been shooting people, it might have been flat out killing anybody, which means oh. you couldn't kill a single person you, in the game. So you had to be sneaky the entire way. Sneaky or incapacitate well, people. Th- that's amazing too, like that you can have what's what is a first person shooter where the mechanic of the game is shooting things, but that you can complete the game in either direction. Stealth um, pacifist. Yeah, and I believe yeah, in this game. Cool. Again, I didn't get too far because I failed at the, <laughs> the topic there, but I believe you can actually talk down opponents, like bosses too. Like you didn't have to kill bosses, mm. which is always something I admire in game design. All right, so my track, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pump it up a little bit. This pump is pump it up, pump it up while this. your feeder. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> pump, pump, pump it up. Uh, this is. From the game Persona 4 Ultimax. This is a fighting game mm-hmm. um, based on the, the characters in the Persona series. And this is the stage for the character Aegis, or I'm going to call her, call her Aegis. I think it's Aegis. Aegis? Yeah, just because from dialogue okay. speaking. Yeah, you know better than I do. So this is uh, called Heartful Cry, and it was released on the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 and composed by Asusis. It's composed by a man with a lot of S's in his name. It's composed by Atsushi Kitajo. <laughs> we might just start referring to him as Leaky Tire or something. Tire. A lot of S's. Man, they don't like this guy. They keep hissing him. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes.
You are listening to Heartful Cry, which is the theme of Igis on the game Persona 4 Arena Ultimax for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, composed by Atsushi Kitajo. This is a this is a fun. It's actually a fun track, even though like that that the piano is a little melancholy. Now that piano melody, that's that's from the original Persona Three. Yeah, the original version of this track was definitely because keep in mind we're talking about a fighter here, so they couldn't really have a sad slash melancholy track in a fighter, <laughs> right? But the original track was definitely like sad and melancholy because I guess is a very complex character. No, yeah, she uh, no, she is robot. Yeah, she's a complete robot, and she was a she was a robot designed to fight shadows and whatnot. But over the course of this Persona Three world, both in game and outside of the game play style, period, she develops like a sense of understanding regarding the protagonist of the game due to both the really crappy fate he gets, partly what she may be slightly responsible for, mm. and also just in general, she develops a connection to her friends. And I think she, I can't remember whether she gets an AI bump later in the game or if she just develops over the course of the game. Oh, right, but yeah. she becomes. Coming back to me. Yeah, she becomes really saddened with her yeah. regards to her friends and stuff. And though I'm not going to spoil the obvious ending of the game, the ending of the game causes her to kind of really become ridiculously sad, like to the point of not wanting to have any. Like the, the yeah. feeling she developed over the series, she wants them going. So the. This follows that kind of Mega Man. Um, kind of sadness where she was built as a weapon you know and that's 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 a sad fate to begin with and then developing feelings throughout the course of you know being with other humans mm-hmm. and then learning these horrible like and then suddenly having bad feelings along with the good you know mm-hmm. that's that's pretty pretty serious stuff yes it is and so I, is, so I guess sad robot I've always honestly I've always loved the I guess character yeah the persona series is so stylistically just cool. I remember, yeah. um, I said, Mike, you and Mike came over, you were visiting what, back when we lived in um, in the city, and he, and he brought, or maybe you were, I think you brought, he brought Persona 3, and you're like, you have to watch the opening to this thing. Oh, yeah. And I was like, wow. How, how crazy it was. <laughs> crazy it is. It's like, that was so cool. And, and they never, I, I couldn't believe that that was a video game. Like, this was going to be a game that I could play. And they got bigger, better, and better. Like, yeah. they just released five, and like, the opening of that game just sets you right off. Like, it's ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, I'll admit flat out, they do a lot. They do make use of a lot of tropes. So I mean, you might see the the wild teenage protagonist bro yeah. character in one game. He'll be in another game, another game. But the way they tell the stories, it doesn't hurt them. It actually helps. It's like okay, I know what kind of character he's going to be. Let's see what makes him different from these other ones, though. It's really cool. Well, it's definitely definitely got the anime style. So if you're into anime storylines, that follow those those kinds of tropes then you're gonna enjoy this too for sure oh yeah definitely a, a very cool game and i like that it's a fighter of course i like fighting games mm-hmm. but with those characters and the artwork is, is amazing and I, I love this remix of the track yeah it's a solid remix and it definitely makes you want to throw down in the combat I, I believe it is definitely her theme in the game too so yes yeah this is this is her version of the of of that song for her stage which i think is pretty rocking all right Pernell, what is your final track well, this is going to bring the hammer down on saddest <laughs> of sad tracks on this episode. And if I'm wrong, well, we'll find out. This is how sad is this? It's so sad that I couldn't even find it. It was suggested to me by a person, and I had to pick it. Not suggested by a robot. By a sad robot. A human being told me about this. All right, so, so someone brought this to your attention. And I'll mention it afterwards because it gives their name away. But the track <laughs> title is called Abandoned Memories from the game Chibi Robo. Check it out. Thank you. 
don't know. I can't speak for everybody, but <laughs> that track makes me feel ridiculously sad. Like, ex monumental sadness flows throughout my every being. So, the track is called Abandoned Memories, and it's written and composed by... Oh, um, there are two composers on the soundtrack. We have Hirofumi Taniguchi and Alberto Jose Gonzalez. And I'm going to guess it's Hirofumi Taniguchi on this track, only because Hirofumi also worked on Mario Senki Madara 2 for the Super Famicom. And that has a very somber, sad, kind of spooky soundtrack. So, I mean, it, it could go either way, but my money is on... Tanaguchi. Yeah, I'd have to go with that as well. This track, though, the sad part about this, I can't even tell you why I picked it specifically, only because it would be a spoiler to the game itself, and I feel like the player should play this game instead of just letting it be spoiled for them. But the person who referred the track to me only wanted to be referred to as Chibi Robo Megafan 78. <laughs> really? That's what he told me. He's like, I want to be referred to as this. I was like, all right, I'll give you credit. If that's well, what you want it to be under. Well, well then where, where can we play this game? It's on the GameCube. Okay. But as we all know, emulation is out there too for folks who don't keep track of old consoles. But, uh, it's a good game, actually. Like it's you're basically a helper robot, who his job is to run around this big house, and he does like he helps out this family called the Anderson family by doing like menial weird like robot tasks, and he also can talk to other toys that live in the house and do favors for them and help them out. And he has to plug himself into different outlets around the house to give himself power so that he can then move to the next location. And if he runs out of power before getting to the next location, he just dies. Oh. It's a weird game. Wow, that is really unique. It, it sounds really it's a It's a ridiculously, absurdly so underappreciated game. Hmm. I hold that so true. But this, this track... When I learned that this track existed, and then I spoiled it for myself to learn why, why it, existed, it existed, I felt really sad. Oh man, that's amazing! Well, you were you were sad that you learned about the spoiler. You, you're no, sad because no, of what, no. actually what I'm sad about in, in what game. it is. I'm oh, sad wow. about what the spoiler is, and it, it's amazing knowing what this like, having played the game and knowing that it gets to this. <laughs> wow. It's just distressing. That's the kind of thing that makes me interested in playing games. Like not 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 having it spoiled for me, but knowing that there's something that touched you this 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 closely. Oh yeah. Yeah, wow. It's it's, it's deep. Okay, so Chibi Robo, a cute little robot. Something serious happens. And now he's sad robo. He's sad saddy robo. Saddy robo, chibi robo. He's super cute though. He's got like a little flat little flat head yeah like put it in perspective i gave up amiibos for a long time yeah well not a long time and been long enough for say a long time but i gave them up for a good like half a year or to a year and they were they announced a chibi robo amiibo oh he put he put me on the horse i, like, <laughs> I gotta have that in my house yeah. it's just him sitting down holding the, uh, a plug over his head oh, that's cute. really cute so right. well i'm gonna bring this track down the sadness gonna punch it down <laughs> you punch it all the way down so far down you can, so far down you can't <laughs> dig yourself back out and we're gonna bring into the bonus round bonus round mm, sad for now. <laughs> look what you did john awesome listener of the show we love you <laughs> he, made, he made me feel feelings that i forgot i had you made us feel things sensations <laughs> Why? Why must I have been programmed to feel? <laughs> yeah. Wow, we didn't even think I mean, about it. <laughs> there you go. The bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes based on today's theme. So I went, I originally had a very obvious track. Well, I thought it was very obvious. And that is Robo's theme from Chrono Trigger for the Super Nintendo. That would have been a good go-to. Would have been a very good go-to. Um, but I wanted to save it for the bonus round because there is a Square Enix swing compilation. That's an oddity. <laughs> Performed by the Yusuke Hirado Trio, and all the tracks have been arranged for kind of swing string instruments, like like uh, swing jazzy guitar by Yusuke Hirado. And this is from Chrono Trigger, Yearnings of the Wind, 
and then also Robo's theme on the second half of the track. And this is a really, really cool track, and you best dig. You heard? You heard. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that one.
Mm. You were just rocking out too. Chrono Trigger, Yearnings of the Wind, and a little bit of Robo's theme in there um, from the compilation SQ Swing or like the Square Enix Swing. Um, the original uh, game, Chrono Trigger, composed by Yasunori Masuda and Nobuo Uematsu, of course, but also arranged by the by Yusuke Hirado and performed by the Yusuke Hirado Trio. And man, you gotta dig that that guitar in the beginning. I like this a lot. That was a, amazing. So I mean, can you blame me for wanting to play that whole track, even though only a part of that was Robo's theme? I will. <laughs> oh come on! But 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 I won't I won't fault you for. All right, all right, good. It was genuinely solid and a wonderful thing to listen to. Yeah. I was swaying, and but at first I'll admit I hadn't played Crowd Trigger in a really long time. Mm. So when you got when it first started up and it started playing the track, I'm like, I can I see that. I, I was like, like what? Robo Steve. <laughs> like I don't. Maybe my memories are bad. This I guess this is Robo Steve. <laughs> you looked eventually. You said it hasn't come up yet. I'm like, oh thank God. I'm not losing. <laughs> my, I'm not that old. I'm not 42 yet. Yeah. No, <laughs> Robo theme is pretty much Rick Astley. Never gonna give you up. <laughs> yeah, it is. Pretty close. He, um, he tried to inject. That. I was like, don't you ruin this for me? <laughs> yeah, I started singing along. <laughs> you gotta sing along to that song. You, you, you just can't help it. You kind of do. <laughs> you kind of just a little. All right. So you you found some some guitar. Some guitar business for us, right? I did. My track is a little shorter, but I had to go with it because it just sounded really good. I, I liked it. And it definitely carries the theme of the episode pretty well. Um, it is from a game called Wild Arms, the very first Wild Arms game. And it is an acoustic guitar version of the track called Alone in the World. Also, I believe I'd consider at least to be Rudy's theme, hmm. the character Rudy Roughnight. <laughs> alliterative name Rudy <laughs> Rough Knight love it and it's performed by a person that goes by the name of Andre Kane Yeah, you you would think I was faking that. You'd be wrong. <laughs> that was beautiful. It was a really good and track. Sad, very sad. And it's, I mean, what the title like "Alone in the World." Mm. It has to have a little bit of sadness to it. It's 
is again by Andre Kane. And I think it did a very good job of encompassing what the character, the feelings of the character, at least for a good part of that game, about, or at least a good part of the character's history in the game. Mm. Um, and why is this considered a sad robot theme? Well, it's sort of spoilery too, but <laughs> it's not end game spoiler at least. But yeah, so if you can put two and two together, I think you can. From where I said earlier, yeah, you know what this refers to. But anyway, it's a good track. And if you haven't played Wild Arms 1, which released in like 1996 at this point in time, no one to blame but yourself. Get on it. You should play the game. It's good. And um, Andre Kane, an amazing guitarist. And if you go to his website, which we'll have on our a link to it on our website and on our Facebook, um, he has loads of music on YouTube and his website has lots of tabs. So if you want to play some of these tracks on guitar and some of his arrangements, you can do that. I think that's very cool. I agree. Trying share to... what you share what you've created so that others may bask in it as well. Yeah, and, and also learn and improve on their own. You know, mm-hmm. learning music with video game music. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great way to do it. So for more information on these artists, check out rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to their websites, their band camps, and everywhere else where you can grab their music. Thanks for joining us and having a little cry as we talk about sad robots. Yes, it's this episode actually hit me in the in the as the, the user statement I hate saying typically from the only one. It hit me in the feels quite. And I a hate bit. you for saying it too. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you for expressing that rage yeah, to me. Yeah, it's all deserved. yeah, yeah. But it's don't worry about it. Like it's all right here. <laughs> <laughs> I truly appreciate how how much music and video games can yes. trigger emotional sensations and responses. Absolutely. I feel like that's what I want to help expose and help help educate on this show. Like there's a there's so much emotion and especially in the classic music. Like even with the track that we have playing right now, I'm sure a number of people out there would probably go, What the heck? What's so sad about that? <laughs> but and what does that have to do with the robots? Well obviously it's the Tower of Babel, but uh for the robot part. But also there is definitely some sadness to elicit both from this track and from events in the game that take place there. So it does fit the mood and it does make me feel surprisingly emotional. Yeah, I mean, the how it, how it fits and how it resonates with, with when you're playing the game and, and the story that it's telling and then listening back on it, you definitely get that nostalgia of like what it meant uh, during that time. But also, it sounds it sounds this way because I mean, it's a, it's a Final Fantasy track. It's Nobuo Uematsu and he, and. and it's keeping with the theme of the rest of the music. Like it's it's a soundtrack to to a movie essentially. Yes. In comparison. And it de- and the game as a whole, God, it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, definitely. At least for that for the time, at least for sure. Well, if you want to join us for another emotional roller coaster, now probably a, I mean, we might go a little lighter on the next episode. What do you think? We could, unless someone has a cool suggestion to make us go even further down the pipe. <laughs> yeah, this was a great um, listener-suggested episode. So if you have any ideas or any recommendations, like soundtracks that maybe we should take a look at, why don't you send us an email? Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for a full track listing and more information about the show, go to our website. Rhythmandpixels.com. <laughs> um, if you'd like to check us out on Twitter, we're at rhythm underscore n underscore Facebook. <laughs> underscore Facebook take that Twitter <laughs> I just cracked myself up oh my gosh um, you, you get the idea <laughs> it's pixels at the end of that um, and also you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Rhythm and Pixels um, this week I'll be continuing the bonus beats uh, live episode so Thursday nights starting at 7pm Eastern doing a live mixes on Facebook and eventually I'll be restreaming that out to our Twitch as well of just, you know, classic game tracks, game remixes, all that kind of stuff, all mixed up in a kind of a DJ style. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and if you do like the show, you want to hear some more, you want more people to know about it, um, like and subscribe on iTunes is a big help for us. 
Yes. Um, so yeah, just try to get the try to get the word out there. That, that's a great way to do it. Yeah, I got nothing else. We're gonna figure out uh, next week's theme, and we'll see you next time on Rhythm and Pixels. On Rhythm and Pixels. <laughs> Same bet. Download time. Same <laughs> pixelated. Download channel. I, swear, I don't even know where it's going. We're usually more professional than this. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's professional, but you gotta have fun too. Fun anyway, my name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. This is Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. Genuinely, thank you for listening. Thank and you. Have a great week. And remember, yeah, we have to admit we're not necessarily rocking a bunch of robots as as the topic is, but we do in our lifetime use a number of machines and devices that are meant to make our lives more convenient and easier to manage. But don't forget, just because these aren't living devices, that we should we should still nonetheless show them as much love and appreciation as possible. Take good care of our devices. Don't think of them as disposable you know, devices. They can last a long time serving you well, and then you in turn will appreciate having them around that much more. And you just consume less, too. What's wrong with that?